Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haperset would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. Nothing in the world is more precious than to be in your house, to be in your glory, Father. We thank you, Lord, that in this time we can still worship you, we can still focus on you, listen to you, and we continue to trust in you, Father. We, Lord, ask you to anoint this preaching and your people will be encouraged. Your people will build their faith by the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord. We love your word, Lord, and we pray, Father, that everyone who is listening to this preaching will be saved, will be protected, will be healed, will be full of grace, full of love, full of faith, and full of your power, Father. We thank you, Lord. I believe, Lord, that you love every one of us, Lord. You care for us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your promises, Lord. We believe you are faithful and you keep your promises. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. God bless all of you. I'm so glad that we can study the Word of God together. Today, I would like to ask the Lord to build your faith. We receive everything from God by faith. I would like to continue to talk about divine protection. Many months ago, actually a year ago, almost a year ago, the Lord spoke to me to teach a series called Divine Protection. At that time, when I read the scripture and when I talk about the protection of God, many of us may think that, oh, this is not applicable to me. But now I know that God foreknew what's going to happen in this time in the whole world. So that's why he wants to prepare us to be ready to come against and to be protected from the enemy. Let me start by reading Psalm chapter 4, verse 8. I will both lie down in peace. I go to sleep in peace. You alone, O Lord, keep me perfectly saved. You can see here that the Bible talks about God's protection. In 2 Timothy Chapter 3, verse 1. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. That is in New King James Version. Look at another version. Second Timothy, chapter 3, verse 1. But understand this, that in the last days will come, set in perilous times of great stress, I believe that many of you are in stress right now, and trouble, hard to deal with, and hard to bear. It's in the Amplified Bible. The Bible said that in the last days, there will be perilous times or dangerous times. When you read this scripture many months ago, you may not understand very much what God said in the Bible, but now I believe all of you say, Amen. Yes, we are living in perilous and dangerous times because of the 
coronavirus of the pandemic of COVID-19. In fact, before this pandemic happened, we all have been desensitized to the violence, to the pestilence or accident or any calamity. We have heard on the news every day, nationally, internationally, and locally about murders, robbing, accidents, stealing, raping, natural calamity, hurricanes, and tsunami. We have heard about them so much until we are not surprised at all when we heard about them, about this news. The situation has not gotten better at all. The planet Earth is a dangerous place. We never see in the scripture to show that the earth is a safe place. Only heaven is a safe place. Or until Jesus comes back into the earth, then the earth will be a safe place, the new earth. And the earth is not going to get safer. It is a perilous place. And I believe you can say amen with me now with all the news in the internet about the pandemic. And it is going to be more perilous because the devil is working harder and harder. I believe that the principality and the enemy sent this virus into the world and sent also the spirit of fear into the world. Here is the important question. Can God keep you and me safe? Can God protect you and me in this midst of dangerous, perilous place? We believe that God cares for us and God loves us and he will protect us. However, we have a part in his protection. It's not just all up to him. In fact, in our born-again life or in our faith walk. Everything is not all up to God, whether we are eternally saved or eternally lost, or whether we are born again or not born again. It's not all up to God. In fact, God did his part and he will continue to do his part. 2,000 years ago, God did his part by sending Jesus Christ into the world to pay the price for our sins and to take all the bad things onto his body and give us the unreasonable exchange so that we can have salvation or zozo and also we can receive his healing and blessing. The healing, the salvation and the blessing of God are available to us through Christ Jesus. And God told us to do our part to go out and proclaim the good news to everyone all over the world. The Bible says that those who believe and accept the good news and the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. And the ones who don't believe won't be saved. Do we have a part to play in salvation? When we have a part to play in the big issue, life and death, hell or heaven. Definitely, we have a part to play in the less important issues. But I believe God's protection right now is a big issue for all of us. 
Do we have a part to play in our prosperity, in our healing, in our being used of God, in our needs being met, or in our protection? Yes, yes, yes. In Thai, call chai, chai, chai. In German language, ya, ya, ya. In spite of many millions of Christians. Prefer to call a no-fault religion. We have a part to play in our faith walk. A no-fault religion means this way: No matter what happens, it is not my fault. No matter what does not happen, it is not my fault either. In fact, a group of people believe that whether they are safe or not, it is not their fault. It is that the Responsibility. It's all up to God. God picks and chooses who will be saved. That is not the right doctrine. A lot of folks believe that whether they are healed or not is all up to God. They say and they think this way. Sometimes God protects me. Sometimes He does not. It's all up to God. We don't know why. In fact. You never know what God is going to do. This idea is not in the Bible. There is not a verse in the Bible that say that God's protection is up to only Him. Can you tell what He is going to do? They will say, "You will never know. His way is mysterious. He is unreliable. He said what He's going to do, but He might not do it." This kind of comment is an insult. Against the Lord, people basically say that God is a liar; He does not speak the truth. When God say that He will do something, in fact, you can count on Him that He will do it. He is the good God. There is no lie and no bad things in Him at all. Whatever He say, He will do it. Therefore, please don't say we never know what God can do. We have a part in God's protection. We have a part in salvation. We have a part in prosperity. We have a responsibility in our faith walk. When something goes wrong, and what should have happened does not happen, we should not blame God nor come up with a wrong theological idea. We should look at what the Bible says instead of listening to people's opinion. The problem is that we don't do our part. That's why we get into trouble. We need to do our part. God never fails. The failure cannot be on His part at all. He never fails to keep His words. Some people will pray this way: If it is Your will, Lord, to heal me, please heal me. If you pray that way, you don't pray a biblical prayer of faith. What if a person walks to the altar call, walk out to the altar, and prays, "If it is your will, Lord, I will be saved. But if it is not, I will be lost." That is not the prayer of faith according to the Bible. You cannot have faith when you are doubting His will. How do we have faith 
We have faith by knowing the will of God that comes from the Bible, come from the promises of God in His Word, and come by the Holy Spirit. You need to understand this: our God is so faithful; He will never let anybody down. He never fails. Every time something did not work right, it is always people's fault. People failure to believe. When people are getting good result or not, it doesn't reveal the will of God. We know the will of God by reading the Bible or the Scripture. It's not about your experience, good or bad. The will of God is recorded in the Scripture. When people die and are lost in hell, it doesn't prove that it is not God's will for them to be saved. Actually, God's will is that they should be saved. You may think this way: Oh, that person doesn't get healed. This proves that it's not God's will to heal him. Oh, that person is not saved. Therefore, this proves that it's not God's will for him to be saved. Let me read the scripture in Second Peter chapter three, verse nine. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish. He doesn't want anybody to go to hell, or to be destroyed by curses and sin and poverty and sickness and even coronavirus. He doesn't want anybody, anyone to perish. But everyone to come to repentance. Please go and listen to the teaching called "The Way to Victory," talking about repentance is the way out from destruction. The Bible clearly says that it is not God's will for anyone to perish. When anyone perish, when anyone get destroyed, it means that they. Don't do their part. They don't believe him. They don't receive him. They don't obey him. They rebel against him. Don't blame God. Don't blame your pastor. Don't blame the government. Don't blame the church. Everybody has responsibility to do his own part. And this truth is the way in every area of our life. It is that way in divine protection as well. We have responsibilities in receiving divine protection. When we do our part, God will do His part in response to us doing our part. We must make sure that we are clear on our part. When we do our part, we can count on Him in doing His part, hundred percent. He never lies. Let's look at Psalm 91 again. You notice that I have been teaching this again and again. Do you know why? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. Sometimes faith doesn't come by hearing one sermon one time. You need to keep hearing it. Some of you may need five times. Some of you may need twenty times. Some of you may need one hundred times. And not only that, your faith will rise up inside you, but the revelation of that. Truth 
and the level of faith will rise up more when you hear again and again and again the truth of God. Psalm 91 verses 1 to 2. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him I will trust. You can see here that we must do something on our part. It's a manward part. What we need to do is to believe that God is my God and I trust Him. And not only that, we put ourselves under His shelter, into His wing, under His shadow. In other words, we make a decision that God is my God and I will obey Him. If God said, don't sin, yes, Lord, I will not sin. If God said this, I do this. We need to be led by the Word of God and led by the Spirit of God. And so many laws in the country are not against the will of God. For example, you cannot say that, um, you know, I have God's protection, so I'm going to drive the car without a seat belt on. I'm going to ride a motorcycle without a helmet on. That is the law of the country. But the Holy Spirit tells us, please do it, because that is the good law to protect you. We need to submit to the law of the country and submit to the law of God. The law that is not against the will of God and against the leading of the Holy Spirit. We should submit ourselves into a good local church where the leadership is living a holy life and where the teaching about protection, healing, power of God, holiness is being presented to you so that you can build your faith regarding the power of God and the protection of God. You need to be under the wing of God in the good church. You have the spiritual covering. You need to do your part. Don't run around from church to church. Submit to God. If God tell me that I should do this, I submit. I will do it. But another thing we should do, that is our part. We must say something. Don't discount or diminish or ignore our part. God created everything by spoken words. Therefore, He requires words out of our mouth as well. How did you get born again? You believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and He was raised from the dead. You say something out loud every morning. Now, when I wake up, God is my protector. God will protect my members, my wife, my children and grandchildren and all the brothers and sisters all over the world whom I am their spiritual parents or spiritual father. What do you say when you need divine protection? You say, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in Him I will trust. Don't say only, he is the refuge and the fortress and the God. No, you need to say, my. You need to take God to be your personal protector, your personal fortress. My, everyone say my. My fortress. The fortress is built for protection. My, 
God, my provider, my healer. He's my surgeon. He's my fortress. He's my wing, my shadow, my covering, my canopy. You must confess that God is your protector. He protects you and keeps you. When something tries to scare you, or shake you about yourself or about your children, you need to open your mouth and declare by faith that God is your protector. I believe that all of us are living in that situation right now. All the news in the internet about the expansion of death and the pandemic. We all hear about this every day. Every day. We need to say, God is my protector. When the devil tries to bring fear to you, you say, "I'm not afraid. That would not happen to me or my family. God is my refuge. He is my protector. A thousand may fall at my side. I think right now you understand this scripture. A thousand may fall at my side. When you see the news that thousands of people, ten thousand of people have passed away. From the infection, and ten thousand at my right hand, but it shall not come near me. It won't happen to me and my children, and the church that I belong to. The confession of faith is different from saying, "Well, we never know. It could happen to me and to my family." Psalm ninety-one verse seven say, "A thousand may fall." At your side, is that happening right now all over the world? People die everywhere in many cities, in many countries, and ten thousand at your right hand. You may not stand in that hospital to see people die because the hospital will not allow you to get in there. But you can see in the YouTube and internet, the ICU, what happened to people. But it shall not come near you. It shall not come near you. Some people may criticize you that when you speak words of faith, they say that oh, you are arrogant, you are haughty, you are crazy. They themselves will not speak words of faith. They don't do their part of being protected by God. That is why something happened to them, and that should not have happened to them. But it happened because they did not do their part. People make fun of those. Who confess words of faith? They want to mock us. When bad things happen to them, they blame God. We should not be those kind of people. Let us say out loud: "I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him I will trust." When anything come up to scare you and me, and bother us. You should open your mouth right away and say, "God protects my family; He keeps me and my family and my church. I trust in God to protect me. I am relying on Him and trusting Him every day in all my travels, my goings, and all my doings." You should not do something that people consider that it is dangerous anyway. Life is fragile. I give you example. I'm not going to just keep walking into a nightclub where people get drunk, commit sin, and shoot one another. 
I'm not gonna challenge God by saying you're gonna protect me. You're gonna walk in there. I'm not gonna walk into the street that full of gangster and let the gangster kill me and say God gonna protect me. No, we should not be unwise. We should be led by the Spirit. In the same way, now with the pandemic, we should wash our hands, clean up our clothes. I recommend you don't take your shoes into the house because virus can be on the shoes as well. You should take a shower every day. You should have the distance from people. That's all okay. It's not that you are fearful, but you do your part in the area of the medical field. Bad things may happen unexpectedly. However, you have the good, powerful God who covers you with His feathers. Psalm 91 verses 3 to 4. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler. I believe that the pestilence right now, the pandemic right now, come from the enemy. And He will deliver you from this snare and from the perilous pestilence or deadly diseases. He shall cover you with His feathers and under His wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. We need to go by the truth, the truth in the Bible, the truth presented to us by the Holy Spirit, and the truth presented to us by the knowledge of this world. The truth is the truth. So when we know the truth is that if you don't put the seat belt on, and something bad happens, you are in the dangerous place, and you can be killed. In the car accident, that is the truth. We should not look down on the truth that we know in this world either. We should respect that truth, and the truth of God come through the Bible, comes through the Holy Spirit, and sometimes come through people around you, come through the doctors and medical field workers. So we need to respect those truth. We can be under His wing. There is a canopy of God's protection on us. Can God protect you and me anywhere? Yes. But you need to be in the will of God. You need to be led by the Spirit. Don't go anywhere on your own. You need to listen to the Holy Spirit, and you need to speak. God is my God. He is my protector. He keeps me. There is a canopy of protecting power that no one can penetrate, and no evil can break through in Jesus' name. So, I mentioned about a few parts here. Our human part number one: trust God that God is your God. To treat God as your God, obey Him, submit to Him, study His Word, yield to the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit. And walk by the truth, because the truth shall set you free. Now we look at another one, another part of human beings to receive divine protection. Psalm ninety-one, verse five: You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day. Not being afraid is our part. The Lord says many times in Scripture, "Fear not." Don't let your heart be troubled. Don't be afraid. 
He commands us not to be afraid. You remember the story in the Bible when the soldiers of the army of Israel gathered together in order to go into the war. They were asked, "Is there anyone among you who is afraid?" If some of them say, "Yes, we are afraid," they would go back home. They make the scared ones go home, even though they were outnumbered by the enemies. Why? Because the fearful ones could make their brother's heart melt with fear. I give you example about the ten spies in Joshua chapter 14, verses six to eight. Now the men of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, son of Jephune, the Kenite, said to him, "You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh, Barnea, about you and me. I was forty years old." When Moses, the servant of the Lord, wow, he really honored Moses. He called Moses the servant of the Lord. Sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land, and I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my brothers, who went up with me, the ten spies, make the hearts of the people melt with fear. I, however, follow. The Lord, my God, Caleb say, "I follow the promise of God. I'm not listening to all these words of fear. I follow the Lord, my God, wholeheartedly." When you read the scripture, you can see here that fear is contagious. You have to watch who you hang around with, especially when you want to stand in an area of your life. With fear, maybe finances, maybe healing, or miracles, or protection. That generation of the Hebrews could not get into the promised land because the fear of these ten spies spread all over them. Contagious, spread into the heart of this generation. They could not get into the promised land except Joshua and Caleb. You don't want to hang around with people who are filled with fear in the area that you try to stand on. Fear can come on you, just like faith can come on you. You have friends and family members whom you love, but this problem of fear can be life and death. Your friends and family may mean well; they care about you, but they are full of fear. They can look at you and speak to you with a pitiful tone of voice. How are you? How do you feel? You look very sick. Oh, I hope God will help you. I hope the doctor can help you. But this sickness is incurable. I'm sorry. They loved you, yes. They mean well, but they speak words of fear. Pitiful feeling toward you, and their fear come on you. Proverbs chapter eighteen verse twenty one: Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. 
There are times in your life when you cannot afford spending time with people who are full of fear. If you are really strong and you have faith, and there's no fear in you, you will be able to influence them and help them when they listen to your words of faith. But when you are weak and you don't need an additional load of their fear upon your life, you should stay away from them. Don't spend too much time with them. When you're fighting for your life, you need to be around folks who are full of faith and life, who speak positive words about living and not dying, healing, victory, miracle, not being sick, and being protected. If you're facing financial difficulties. You should not be around those who talk negatively about money. Does it make a big difference which church you attend, and what kind of preaching you hear, and what kind of people you hang around with? Actually, I read a story of a very good preacher. He said that his mom got sick and died, and she. Really, could not help herself, and she he prayed to God. This preacher prayed to God, and said, "Why my mom died at young age?" The Lord spoke to him. She was in the wrong church, the church that just doesn't teach about healing, power, the Holy Spirit, protection, the church that welcomes sickness and curses. You see, what church you go to is so important. And it can be an issue of life and death. What kind of teaching you listen to? What kind of people you hang around with? And what kind of church you are members of? I'm not attacking any church. I'm just telling you the truth. For myself, some of you may think that Pastor Lau is so strong and wow. I don't like to listen to him. I feel sometimes feel like oh he's on me. He get on my nerve. I tell you the truth. Why? I tell you the truth right now. In fact, I love all of my members because I'm a doctor. I sat in my office three days a week for the past forty, uh, many years, thirty, forty years as a doctor. I'm sorry, about thirty years of, of a doctor. And I tell you the truth. I listen to people's sickness every day. Only a few days ago, a lady walked in, and she told me that her husband fell down, and Broke the ankle and fell again, and broke the elbow. His ankle full of plate and screws from surgery, and the elbow full of plate and screws. And sometimes the plate or the metal inside the elbow poke out to the skin. When I listened to that, I was thinking, this will not happen to my family, my wife, my kids, my grandkids, to my. Church members to the people around the world who are following this ministry, they need protection. Falling down and break the elbow and the ankle, not good. We are not talking about only the coronavirus. Anything we are, need to be protected by God, not to be robbed by thieves and robbers. Protect us from people who come want to borrow money and steal money from us. Protect us from car accident. Every week, I see about two or three patients 
after car accident. Some people live a normal life after the car accident. They have memory problem, ear problem, neck pain, back pain, all kinds of problem for years and years, and there's no way the doctor can help them. There's no surgical problem there, but they suffer for years and years, and some of them still live like that until they turn. 65, 70 years old because of one car accident. Now you understand my heart. Please don't think that I'm so strong and I'm preaching so strong against you, and you feel bad about my preaching. No, I loved you. I want to give you the good food, good medicine, so that you will not get into trouble. I'm a pastor who loves the sheep of God. Okay, not being afraid is your part. You need to do your part. Again, Psalm ninety-one five to seven say, "You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lay waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you and me." God shall protect us, but we need to let God become our God. We need to submit to Him, be led by the Holy Spirit, get into the Word of God, proclaim with our mouth that God is our protector, and we need to resist fear. When a thousand fall in a storm, or in a hurricane, or in a destruction, or in a terrorist attack, or in the war, or in the Pandemic, and ten thousand die all around you in the world. What would be your normal response? Your normal response is, you shall be terrified. If you just watch ninety people die in thirty minutes around you, or eight hundred people just die in one day in your city, what would be your normal response? You know, I'm a doctor. And I go to the hospital where the first coronavirus attack came into Seattle, and many people die in the ICU there. Do you think I'm? I have some fear. Yes, my first reaction, I'm afraid to go there, but I have emergency surgery to do, and I have to tell myself, I shall not be afraid. I will not let myself fear this coronavirus. I need to do my part. If you let yourself yield to fear and panic, you should repent right away. You could have goosebumps, hair sticking up, knees bumping one another. You still don't need to be afraid. You can say, "No, I refuse to fear. I refuse the spirit of fear. I refuse to yield to fear." I have my God in me. He is greater than coronavirus, than anything. Psalm twenty-three, verse four. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. I will fear no virus and bacteria, cancer and disease and arthritis and anything. For you are with me. Do you believe God is with you? Yes. All the born again believer have the Holy Spirit on the inside. But you need to give him the legal right to do something for you by having faith and speak it 
speaking it, speaking the word of faith, and allowed him to do the job. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. The Lord never told you to try, try to not fear. He never said that. He said, "Don't be afraid. Fear not." He never tell you to try to do something in the whole Bible. If he said that you should try to do something, that would imply that he does not know whether you could do it or not. He would not tell you to do something that he knew that you could not do it. The Lord tells us, "Don't be afraid. Fear not. Only believe." When you want to be protected, you must not fear. Let us say out loud. I will not fear any disease. I will not fear corona virus. I will not fear any man, any criminals, any enemy, any demon, any terrorist. I refuse to fear. God protects me. So you can see that your part is to respond to God as your God. Trust Him. Don't sin. Repent quickly, obey the Holy Spirit, receive the truth into your heart, and you speak it that He is your refuge, your, He is your protector. You will not fear. You need to understand this. The spiritual law tells us that fear can come on us. Can you keep yourself from fear? You can. It is not a feeling. Fear is not a feeling. Fear. It's a spiritual condition, spiritual status. It is a decision. It is an act of your will. You may feel afraid, and you have goosebumps, but you don't have to yield to that fear. Many people around you are making decisions and doing things out of fear continuously. If you are led by fear, you are not led by the Lord. Who is behind fear? I tell you right now, Satan, and the principality or the fallen angel and demons. If you yield to fear, you will end up being led by the enemy. People do all kinds of things out of fear. They do not pray about it. They do not hear from the Lord. The Lord does not direct them to do it. They do it because they are scared. When you allow fear to control you, you set yourself up for the enemy to work in your life. Second Timothy one seven say, "For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind." If you want to get rid of fear out of your kids, out of your house, you must get it out of your own spirit first. Psalm ninety one verses nine to ten. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. You make God as your God. You don't fear. You claim it. You speak it. You say, any plague, no virus can come near my dwelling. You need to walk by faith. And then God will do His job for you, protection. But what happens if you yield to fear? 
Job chapter 3 verse 25. For the thing that I fear comes upon me, and what I dread befalls me. What you fear may come upon you. Fear will negatively affect your physical body. Hebrews chapter 2, 14 and 15. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he, mean Jesus, himself, likewise share in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. The fear of death, the fear of virus, the fear of sickness make you subject to bondage and destruction. And what happened? You give the door open to the devil to come in to give you death. He is the spirit of death. So you have to shut the door of your life that the devil cannot come in to put destruction and bondage in you by saying, no, I'm not going to be afraid of death. I'm not going to be afraid of virus. Yes, I need to listen to the recommendation of the doctors about the social distancing and all these things, but I'm not afraid of this virus, this death. When you have faith, you rejoice. And when you have faith and rejoice, God make your immune system strong. Fears make you weak physically and sick. Fear weakens your immune system, lowers your physical defense, and makes you susceptible to sickness. Laughter. This is a good time to keep laughing now in, in this time. And Pastor Da at home, we laugh, we joke all the time. We need to laugh. Because when we laugh, we have faith, we trust God. Laughter makes your immune system stronger. Even maybe you go to the uh, grocery store and virus pass by you and you cannot avoid it because you have to buy food. But your immune system is so strong that bacteria will die right away before they get into your body, into your cells. Laughter is opposite to grief sorrow and fear. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Please go to listen to the series called Rejoice Always. This is a time to laugh every day. Joy, the joy of the Lord gives strength to your immune system, but fear makes you susceptible to bacteria, sickness and virus. It weakens your immune system. This is a spiritual law. What you fear will come on you. What about when you don't fear anything and say, God protects me. He keeps me. No evil will come near my dwelling. I'm not afraid of disease, nor of my enemies, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence, coronavirus, COVID-19, that walks in darkness. I have faith in God who can protect me. If you do that, you do your part. And God will do his part. You can count on him. Many Christians are not protected because they are not doing their part. They don't speak words of faith. They make fun of Christians who speak words of faith. They yield to fear. They are afraid of many things. 
they talk about what they are afraid of more than talking about God. So much of their conversation in the church is about fear, virus, bacteria, sickness. They talk about what they are afraid of in the parking lot or in the cafeteria after they listen to the sermon. They don't talk about the sermon. They talk about virus more than the word of God. Sadly, that is what many Christians talk about. When you notice it, you will see that it is everywhere. Fear, 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 fear. If you want to be protected, you must get rid of fear. Your part is to open your mouth, submit to God, run to His feather under the wing of God, being in the good church, and being in the truth. Speak the word of faith concerning divine protection. Don't feel intimidated to speak it. What you need is that He will show up and protect you. Don't be ashamed of Him. There are times when you need to say in front of other people. People may laugh at you. You need to say words of faith for your own benefits and your own family, even though other people may laugh at you, mock you, ridicule you. A part of your responsibility for your own family is to speak words of faith for divine protection. When you speak word of faith, God has the legal right to protect you. You say, "I serve the Lord my God, who protects me. He keeps me. He assigns angels to me. If they have to, they will pick me up." They will blow the virus away from me. Even sometimes people cough at me. The angel will stand in front of me and blow that virus away from me. They can pick my car up in the accident. They can move my car that my car will not be hit by another car. They can pick my plane up when I am in the airplane. They can pick my home up if the earthquake comes, if they need to. We are living in a very perilous, dangerous world. We want to be covered by God. Psalm ninety-one, eleven to twelve. For He shall give His angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways, in your house right now. Keep you in your ways to go to the medical office if you need to see your doctor. Keep your ways. Keep you in your ways to the grocery store. You have to go out to walk a little bit for exercise. He will keep you in their hands. They shall bear you up, and they can push the virus away from you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. My dear brother and sister, God can send the angel. The angel can manifest themselves physically and protect you, God's people. And the heavenly Father assigned angel to look after. Even little children, Matthew eighteen ten say, "See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that in heaven their angels." Everyone say, "My angels." Some of you need more angel than other people, because you like to go out to ski and to do a lot of dangerous thing. You need more angel. <laughs> In heaven, the angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. It is so obvious that we, as believers, have angels assigned to us. God commanded them to keep us, to protect us, and to deliver us. 
they have a charge from the heavenly Father to protect us. Do you think that angels take the command of God seriously? Yeah, they will aside to protect you and me. They will stay with you and me, and their job is to protect you and me. And there are several different opportunities from birth until today that we need divine protection. There have been so many times when the devil tries to take and destroy you and me, but God's angel kept you and protect you and me. Nobody knew that the devil tried to destroy us, but God protected us. One day when we go to heaven, we will look at our video of our life history, and you can see that wow, the car almost hit me, but the angel put that car away. Divine protection happened. Over and over again, some of us need more angels now than when we were little. The angels were assigned to us, so you can see that our God is a God of protection. In conclusion, we need to receive God as our God, and we respond to God as our Master, and we obey Him. We have faith in Him. Walk with him, and we submit ourselves under his covering. Go to the good church, and listen to the Holy Spirit. Yield to the Holy Spirit. We should humble ourselves to receive His grace. We should speak with our mouth every day out loud. God is my protector, my fortress, and my refuge. He's my shelter. We should also resist fear. We should. Put on faith. Hang around with people of faith. Listen to the sermon a lot this time to build faith. Bring the presence of God by turn on the worship song, and don't walk by fear. Walk by faith. Before I end this sermon, I would like to read a story that happened in America long time ago. This story was in the Book called Partners in Prayer by John Maxwell. I will read part of it to show you that our God is a God of miracle, and the God of deliverance, and the God of protection, and He can perform miracle when we pray. After I read this story, we're going to pray together. This event happened in Minnesota history from 1873. To 1876, hordes of grasshoppers. They were actually Rocky Mountain locusts, but everyone called them grasshoppers at that time. Descended on Minnesota crops, and caused major agricultural and economic devastation or destruction. As the growing season of 1877. 1877 approach. State entomologists, those who are expert about insects, studying the situation, they found billions and billions of grasshopper eggs were just waiting to hatch. Over 50,000 of the states, 80,000 square miles were affected by these grasshopper eggs. The Entomologists 
warned that the previous four years of infestations would be considered minor once the new hoppers hatched. This was taking place less than 20 years after Minnesota had become a state. Most farmers were truly still pioneers, living in a log cabins or rough plank houses. They were by no means wealthy. There were no pesticides, no insecticides, and no effective way to control the bugs or the locusts that often strip whole fields bare overnight. The most effective method of controlling the pest was the so-called hopper dozer. Hopper dozer. A sheet of metal coated with coal tar dragged through the field like a large piece of fly paper. Even though certain counties pay bounties per bushel of dead hoppers, nothing could control the ravaging plague. In 1877, the governor of Minnesota was John S. Pillsbury. There were no farm programs of, or crops insurance at that time to help farmers recover from their losses. Most were deeply in debt from the previous four years of grasshopper plagues. Governor Pillsbury proclaimed April 26, 1877 as a day of fasting, humiliation or being humble, and prayer and urge every man and woman and child to ask God to prevent the impending scorch. Pillsbury even donated $10,000 out of his own pocket. It's a lot of money today. To build a chapel for prayer. Even though we think that of society in that time, 143 years ago, being much more godly than now, History record that Governor Pillsbury's plan and his generosity were mocked by some. The news even came out by the liberal people of Minneapolis that there's no such thing that God will answer the prayer. We have no history that God can answer the prayer like this to save the whole state or the whole city. They don't believe it. And they even mocked this plan of prayer. On April 26, 1877, all schools, shops, stores, and offices in Minnesota were closed. An article in the November 9, 1975 Milwaukee Journal recounts the day by saying, salons and theaters seemed strangely silent. Streets were deserted except for the steady streams of churchgoers moving slowly and silently and from their places to worship. April 26, 1877 was also unusual in that it was a warm, sunny spring day of Minnesota. Very warm and sunny. In fact, it was unseasonably warm, perfect for grasshopper eggs to hatch and the little Lava to come 
weakling to life and to come out to destroy the field. Then late that night, another unusual thing happened. A cold rain began to fall. The wind shifted from south to north. Rain changed to freezing rain, to sleet, and then to snow. The snow and freezing temperatures continue for two full days, and then on the third day, a Sunday, a full-fledged blizzard or the or the ice swept down out of Canada and hit the state. When the storm cleared and the sun came out again, the same entomologists who had predicted an impending disaster found that billions of little grasshoppers had been frozen to death shortly after hatching. Farmers harvested a record crop of wheat, corn, and small grain that year. Entomologists scoring the fields that autumn failed to find even one new grasshopper egg in the entire state of Minnesota. There is no recorded response to these events by the liberal league. We can see here that miracle happened because God's people pray in humility together. The grasshopper that originally made the whole state destroy all gone from the history. There has been no serious grasshopper infestation in Minnesota since 1976. I would like to read the scripture to show that our Almighty God can destroy the plagues, the pestilence, bacteria, and virus when believers humble ourselves and pray together in repentance and by faith. And the Lord, this is in the book of Exodus, and the Lord turned the wind into a very strong west wind, which lifted the locusts and drove them into the Red Sea. Not a single locust was left in all the country of Egypt. Exodus chapter 10, verse 19. Brother and sister, let us pray together. Let us believe God that God will help our nation. The Lord will help many nations around the world. Let us pray together. Father, we repent of our sin. We humble ourselves before you. And together, we believe, Father, as you can move the wind into the land of Egypt and push all the locusts into the Red Sea. You can send the snow, the blizzard into Minnesota 143 years ago. Today, you can perform miracles of deliverance, healing, protection upon your people in your houses around the world. Upon people out there who don't even know you, Lord. Oh, Lord, you will stop this pandemic and you will perform miracles to heal the sick. And those who have been infected by the virus get healed fast by your grace, by your mercy, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you shall do this by your mercy, Lord. We ask you to move your mighty hand, send your 
angels to destroy the work of the principality who try to destroy this world right now. We believe you are the victorious God, and you shall protect all of us in this time of deadly pestilence, the pandemic, Lord. That no one will get infection, no one will be sick, no one will die. We shall live a long life. We will not die, but live and declare the works of the Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your protection. Thank you, Lord, for your canopy, for your feather, for your wings, for your fortress, for your help, for your angels, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. May the Lord bless you. And if you don't know Jesus Christ, I would like to encourage you to receive God into your heart. Jesus came into the world to. Pay the price of sin to give us the blessing, give us prosperity, victory. Sin causes to fail, to be poor, to be sick. That's why we need to repent and we need to receive the grace of God through Jesus Christ. Why don't you pray with me? Pray to God, and I will lead you to pray. Father in heaven, I believe Jesus Christ. Is the Son of the Living God, who shed His blood, died on the cross, to pay for my sin, to bless me, to heal me, to provide for me, to protect me. Lord Jesus, I receive Your grace by faith. You were raised from the dead on the third day. You are the God who have victory over sickness, over death. Come into my life right now, Lord, to be my God. I will follow you and serve you. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Congratulations, and I pray that you will find a good church, and you will. Uh, read the Bible and start to serve the Lord. Next time, when I talk about divine protection, I would like to teach you about the terror of the Lord. We're going to talk about how God really scared the devil and bad people away from you in the Scripture. We're going to be fun to study about the terror of God. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much, and I will see you again in the next teaching. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. I'm so thirsty.